Bloody Elbow presents the Hey Not The Face podcast, the show that brings you the business side of combat sports, including contract review, financial analysis, fighter pay issues, and more. Hey Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, John S. Nash, joined by his producer, Steffi Haynes. Hello and welcome to Hey, Not the Face with your host, John Nash, and your producer, me, Steffi Haynes. And today, we're going to look at whether Francis Ngannou may have made a mistake in not taking the UFC offer. But first, this episode was recorded a week ago, but in the, the week since, news has come out. Well, the, the potential for news. Francis dropped a video and says he has a big announcement coming Tuesday, the day this comes out. What can you tell us that's transpired between then and now? Well, by the time this is out, I guess Tuesday, early Tuesday at some point, he should be making an announcement that he has signed with the PFL. That's the, uh, the all the info I have. I can't 100% guarantee because I'm not like, no one has showed me the document saying it's for sure. But all indications, all word, all talk behind the scenes with people involved with the, the industry and these and the parties involved say he's signing with the PFL. Uh, so he should be signed with the PFL. I do also have some word. Apparently, this deal is going to be a very good deal. Going to pay him a lot of money, more guaranteed, more than what the uh, UFC was offering. It's going to give him a lot of freedom to go off and box if he gets an opportunity to do that. It's going to be a limited number of fights. It's going to be a limited duration. So uh, from a fighter's point of view, this is a great deal. So the question is, did Francis Magano make a mistake? It looks like very much he did not make a mistake going this route because it looks like he's going to get a great deal for himself. Uh, now, the other question we offered, asked in the show, did PFL make a mistake? That'll be answered in the future. But I think that they kind of had to, they had to make a deal with Agato because they need this to get their business going because they're, 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 uh, they're not selling themselves to investors as just a run-of-the-mill small promotion like, you know, an LFA or something like that. They're supposed to be a major player, and you can't be a major player without major fighters, and now they have a major fighter. couple questions for you. Fire away. Do we have an idea of a, a monetary figure? Well, we do have an idea of a monetary figure. I am told that it is close to an eight-figure deal, which would eight figures would be $10 million. So eight-figure per fight, close to an eight-figure deal per fight guaranteed. Now, there is also apparently a back end. The back end isn't the typical UFC deal where you get a bonus of a few dollars per paper you buy. The back end would cover a percentage on total sales. So he would get a piece of the gate, a piece of the sponsorship, a piece of uh, the TV or the pay-per-view revenue. So it would be a much bigger the expectation, of course, is not that it would sell a ton, so he probably wouldn't get much of a back end. But if he ever did have a big fight, if he did have that a type of John Jones versus Ngannou fight in with this contract, he would stand to make multiples of what his deal is. All right, my second question. Do we know if his extraneous 
requests were met. And by extraneous, I mean outside of direct financial compensation for him. I am talking about him wanting his opponent to get at least a million dollars, him wanting insurance and representation and a lot of things that probably weren't strict demands make or break the deal. But I'm just curious if any of those might have been met. Uh, I think the opponent one was met. I think there is going to be something wow. in there about the minimum pay for his opponent. Uh, the other ones, I asked a lot of people, and the, the answers were a lot of wishy-washy answers on that one. So uh, the, this was even before we'd known for sure that uh, there was no guarantee that he's going to sign with PFL. But the, my just reading between the lines, my understanding, it's more like we're having a conversation about those other ones. And, uh, but they're not, we're not guaranteed. They're not going to be agreed to. Uh, and I doubt they'll ever be agreed to. That's just, I, I just don't see no fight promotion is really going to agree to all those stuff. That's, that's something they can, I'm sure they can promise say in the future, we'll look at it. And the future is always going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. All right. One last question here. Do we know what the gates are like for PFL? Because I have a feeling, especially based off that that one pay-per-view they did, that pay-per-views won't be where he makes his money, but maybe the live gate? Well, PFL, unfortunately, does terrible at the gate. Uh, wow. Paul Gift tracked them whenever they do a public show. And their, their sales are not... There's really only Bellator in North America, since Strikeforce went away, only Bellator is the only promotion outside of the UFC that's done solid gates. What and a, so Bell, Bellator has done a million dollar gate several times. Oh, so, okay. So, but that might be one of the reasons they want to get in Ghana because you, you need to offer the type of fights that fans will pay for, mm. show up the gate. So that might help them. But yeah, they're, they're not, and, the, and their pay-per-view sales were not good on that, uh, that first pay-per-view, but I don't think it, it, it bombed. I mean, by all accounts, it bombed. But I don't think there is a concern about that one pay-per-view bombing because it was kind of a test run. It's their first one. You want to see how the system works. You don't, they didn't have a ton of high salaries on that one. So they're not paying like they're going to be paying in Ganu. So it bombing didn't cost him as much. But yeah, I, and without a better opponents right now, there's no one really out there for him to fight. Without better opponents for Ganu, I imagine any pay-per-view there will, will bomb as well. Well, all right. That's going to wrap this part up. Stick around and hear the rest of the show. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast Network production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, MusicBee, RSS Radio, IMDb, and now also found in your app store on apps such as Downcast, the podcast app, iCatcher, Podcruncher, Podbean, and more. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including the Care Don't Care podcast, 
the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the 6th Round Post Fight Show, Crooklyn's Corner, the 6th Round Retro, the Show Money Podcast, the MMA Depressed Us, exclusive fighter interviews, and the return of the MMA Bunker.